Welcome to Amazon Legends, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became power sellers, also providers specializing in helping sellers, aggregators that acquire sellers, and former Amazonians will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here is your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. My next guest today has been in the influencer marketing when the phrase of influencer marketing was not even invented yet. So the first company ever that syndicated user-generated content, as they call UGC today, um, is something that he's uh, been the architect of. And uh, today he's the co-founder of Gen Video, which is an influencer marketing company. And when he's not working, he loves running and reading and traveling. So with that, everybody meet my guest, Bill Hildebold. Welcome to the show, Bill. Thanks, Nick. It is a pleasure to be here. Super excited. Oh, it's a great uh, to have you here. Now, you and I had a quick chuckle before we started recording. So today we're recording this episode on Amazon Prime Day. So uh, I want to tell every listener and viewer that the fact that Bill is here recording, that who is a provider in the Amazon space, he has plenty of time on his hands on Prime Day to be recording an episode is the testimony to how well run his business is. And that's what everybody should aspire to. Right, Bill? Absolutely. You know, it's uh, all about the clients making money. We're just at this point, all the work is done. Uh, the foundation's been laid and uh, it's going to be a great day. I've personally got a few things I got to shop for, but that can hold off till tonight. <laughs> yeah. And, and these prime days, you know, they, they created this Christmas in the middle of summer. It's just, uh, you know, talk about Valentine's Day being a commercial gimmick. They call it prime day, but last the whole week. So um, what we're going to talk about today is extremely important for every Amazon seller. And we're going to get into every aspect of it so that by the time you finish listening to this episode, everybody, you're going to know exactly how to make use of this most important thing that will help you convert. And that's the use of videos. So you're going to be hearing straight from the authority who created the influencer marketing concept, who uh, syndicated user-generated content that is essential today for the authenticity of reviews and conversions. So um, tell us, Bill, what does it take to use video effectively on Amazon? Well, I think the thing that maybe people don't understand about Amazon, uh, because this has been the piece of it that's been kind of creeping along, is the number of places that you can now use video on Amazon. Um, obviously, there's video in the hero area, which we should talk about. That's super critical. Um, there is video available in the enhanced content. And of course, now 3P sellers have access to even do um, premium A-plus content, right? So there's multiple video opportunities there. 
below the fold or further below the fold, there is the Amazon related videos or Amazon video shorts. Uh, it's gone by a few different names over the years. You know, we help start uh, start that with Amazon. We'll be happy to talk about that. Um, and now you're seeing uh, around the Amazon marketing cloud, things like video being ever more prevalent in the SERP. You're seeing display ads, uh, even on the PDP with video embedded, looking to take uh, people away from your PDP. You're seeing video in Inspire. Um, and what we're even seeing is some of these other placements are even infiltrating the hero area. And so not six months goes by where there's not a different use of video on the PDP. And I think that really changes the implication of the strategy. I, th I think most people know they need to have video, but I think it's really shifting now from something that was, you know, check the box. Like I have to have product specs. I have to have a video. So I'll just check that box. It's moving from check the box to something. I think that it's much more strategic and requires some real thinking. So hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about all of that today. Great, great. So this is a great outline. So so everybody, you're going to listen to this and you're going to learn the following. First of all, where are the areas to put your video? But most important, what should these videos be about? Frankly, I'm dying to learn from Bill some ideas that I can walk away with uh, where, okay, of course, we all know video is important. We need to have video, but what video of what? Do you want to have an unboxing video? How long should it be? And what should it lead to? And is it a promotional video? What kind of production should be made for such videos? Is it something you can create yourself? How long should each one be? And then, for example, anything that you put in A+, is it the same that you can put in the, the main area? So these are all things that ultimately will lead to conversion. So that's what we're gonna talk about. And uh, Bill just went through several. So hero, uh, image area, A plus, below the fold, display ads, and everything else that kind of lurks around either to bring shoppers to your listing or take shoppers away from your listing. So uh, we're gonna cover it all. You wanna take notes? You want to go back and rewind and listen to it again, feel free to do that. So with that, let's dive in, Bill. So let's discuss the, the first one where you have the hero image and you have multiple videos you can submit. So let's start with that. What can you share with us? Yeah, so the hero uh, area is where it all started. Uh, obviously, it was the first placement on Amazon where you could use video. Um, we all know the importance of the hero area. Um, one statistic that was shared with us sort of anecdotally with Amazon years ago was that 90% of first-time visitors uh, to a product page were visiting, were looking at everything in the image carousel, including the video, right? So this content can't be overstated in terms of its importance. And so to me, what that hero area video does, it is your it, you know, it's setting the table and it is telling the story before people scroll down, before they start reading the detailed specs, before they start reading the reviews. The video 
itself is the is the ultimate opportunity to tell your complete story in a very human detailed kind of way because again you think about what people are going to do when they're going to scroll down and they're going to read the reviews right that's where they're looking to make an emotional connection they're moving out of the intellectual piece around the price and the product specs they're moving into emotion video is obviously an incredibly emotional experience. A picture is worth a thousand words. A video is worth a million words, right? We are taking all sorts of subconscious clues from a video. So the opportunity to present to a consumer a story, which is what a video is in the hero area, is a huge opportunity. And so there are a couple of things that we think are really, really important in doing that. First of all, um, everyone thinks, okay, you know, I'm in this short attention span period. And so I want to keep my videos up in that hero area, short and punchy. Wrong. Uh, you, want to, you want to get, people are opting in to watch that video. It doesn't autoplay. It's not interruptive. It's not bothering anyone. They're choosing to invite you into a conversation effectively with you at that point. And so you want to give them as much information as they're willing to absorb. And so we think minimum 45 seconds so the average dwell time in a video uh, in, in those areas and actually across Amazon, when it's available, 45 seconds, easily done. So we think the ideal length is actually a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, two and a half minutes. Now, again, people might drop off before you're done. That's okay. All that means is you need to order that video in the hero area, starting with the most important information and then moving down toward less important information. And now, but if you've got a minute, you can communicate a whole lot of things. So what are some of the things we think you should be communicating in that time? Unboxing is great, right? So one of the things I think people underappreciate with all these video opportunities and all the imagery opportunities, Amazon is becoming more of a social platform itself. And it is a palette to tell these very broad, you know, social stories. And so something that would be accepted on social media absolutely is appropriate in that shopping environment. TikTok made me buy it, right? So bring some of those elements in. Everybody's familiar with scrolling on, on Instagram. Everybody's familiar with doing deep dive research on YouTube. All those elements are great. So an unboxing is a great idea to do, but it's obviously just the beginning. You definitely want to demonstrate your product. You know, everything that you're trying to bring out that is a key selling point or addressing anything that may be a purchase um, inhibitor, right? That people don't really understand how it works or they're nervous about this. If you know those things, get those things into the video in that hero area and take the time that you need to tell that story. The final thing that, you know, that we definitely are, are um, enthusiasts about for that hero area video and that we've seen work very well over the years is bringing in that consumer authenticity. And so for us, um, for Gen Video, that's about using influencers who not only bring all of the authenticity of another user, which is again, has the highest credibility with, um, with shoppers, but they also bring the production value, right? And so you are in the hero area, the consumer who clicks the video in the hero area understands they're hearing from the manufacturer. And so they have an expectation around production quality. 
They wanted to be high. They anticipated to be high. And so the only risk with, with UGC and UGC, I define as, you know, sort of an everyday consumer that maybe isn't, uh, that doesn't have a social following. You want to, you just want to make sure that their production quality is going to be high enough. That you're not disappointing consumers. You're not underselling your brand by having something that's too raw and maybe doesn't feel as comprehensive. So those are some tricky balances, but those are all the different levers I think about when we think about hero content. It's longer. It's high production quality, and it addresses your in the entire scope of the story you want to tell. And again, every second that someone's spending with your hero area video is, is time that they're investing with you and they're being convinced of your case before they start scrolling down the page and are distracted by all these other influences, you know, that may or not be, may or may not be telling the story you want to tell. This is your moment. Seize the day. Okay, you said so many things that are so important, and uh, I want to turn this into a little bit of a story myself, in terms of uh, telling the story of using videos, uh, how it should be approached. So, I wasn't born in this country, I'm an immigrant, so... Now I live here, I'm a US citizen, so I'm part of the system. But before I became part of the, if you like, the fabric of the society, I was an outsider. So one thing that happens when you get off the plane, wherever you are arriving, you have three lanes. Well, in the old days, there was only two lanes. It was US citizens and non-US. But now they have different lanes for permanent residents and, uh, and otherwise. So, but either way, as a non-US citizen, you are subject to long lines of waiting <laughs> because a lot, there's a lot more non-US citizens coming into the country. Now, those of you listening, you may be thinking, what the hell is this guy talking about? You know, there is a point to my story. So you get into the line waiting. Of course, you're nervous, you're going to be asked questions, you are arriving in America, you know, there's a perception of America, blah, blah, you know, everybody watches all the, the cops, you know, the, the movies, the killing and all that stuff, the authority, of course, uniforms here are very flashy, and, and of course, those, uh, you know, immigration officers are fairly uh, authoritative in their, you know, how they behave, and you're waiting in the line, uh, usually a long flight, you're tired, so on and so forth. But you know what happens when you're waiting? You have monitors. And in those monitors, there is a video playing in a loop. And it has sound. And you start watching the video. You have no choice. You're waiting in the line. It's a, it's a captive audience, right? You're watching the video. Guess what the video is about? It's not about instructions. It's not about the questions you're going to be asked. It's about America. It's the uh, different scenes, you know, different scenery, the, the oceans, the valleys, the, the, the cowboys and the mountains and different families, diverse American family unit from all over the place. 
and there is a powerful music in the background. People are smiling. They're looking at you and saying hello. That's what you watch as long as you wait. Guess what happens by the time you get to the point where it's now your turn. You have completely calmed down. You have developed a positive attitude about what you are entering into. It's the greatest place in the world and you want to be part of it. And now this is your moment to present your case, why you want to be here. Now, that is the power of the video. To me, that is the power of the video. So that's why uh, I say telling your story is not about features and benefits. It's not about instructions. It's about inspiring people about your product, why they should be using. So tell me what you think. I, I totally agree. I couldn't have said it better myself. I think that is a great anecdote. Um, video is all about aspiration. And that is why one of the things that, you know, that, 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 that we pursued, we, we had this vision early on that users telling the story would be really important because it creates that bond, right? Between, you know, what we're all thinking about when we buy products is, is this product right for me? Am I going to fit into the tribe? Do I want to associate with this brand? And so to us, the best way for that to occur was through users. So initially user-generated content, now influencer content, because, and one of the tricks that we did early on, and we, and we continue to do this in a lot of cases, we'll actually put in that hero video multiple different influencers who represent different demographic, tar different demographic segments targeted for that product. So that everyone watching the video who we want to become our consumers, who we think are our ideal consumers, will see, oh, there I am. And I love this product through the eyes of another consumer. And so, so again, yes, it is about human, con human connection and aspiration. And that's why I said the thing also about the higher production quality, which is another thing that people can get tripped up on because there are various forms of, you know, of super raw content versus very aspirational. And there's a balance, right? But you want people to relate and feel that this is a brand and a product that it's going to get me where I'm trying to go in life. And it's going to take me one step closer to my idealized state right? That's why we buy products. They facilitate some need that we have. And so I, I think you nailed it. I mean, it is about that connection. It's about leaning back. And it's about saying, I don't care if this product costs a dollar more than the other product. This is the one for me. And we actually found this. We did studies uh, where people, after they watched uh, our videos, were willing to pay more for that product. It was one of the most profound findings we had about video. The other thing I uh, failed to mention, so video, a good video in the hero area can lift conversion rates 20 to 30% on average. That's what we find when we do uh, either AB or pre-post conversion tests. That is a massive lever. And by the way, like, again, we, you know, because we're influencer marketing, we're doing influencer marketing, you know, activations on social media platforms, driving traffic down funnel, looking at the attributed sales. You know, again, so we know the content works even on social media platforms, but truly the lever that really matters is not the sales you can get immediately from social. It's that conversion rate lift. So 
you're changing behaviors. It's just like you said, when you get to the front of the line, my God, you're so determined to be an American, you will bust down the doors and do anything because of, you know, because of that video. Uh, it's the same effect on a product page when done well. Yeah. So I want to dissect some of the things that you mentioned, because I think they are so important, but um, unless you start creating one, you don't really think about those. First of all, the length. So I heard you mention it should be at least 45 minutes, uh, 45 seconds, uh, about a minute or two minutes. So in your experience, what is the optimum length? I think it, now that, that gets into what is your product category and what is it that you're trying to communicate? There are definitely categories where, you know, if it's a carrot peeler, uh, it might be hard to make a video that is a minute and a half. It might it, it might be possible, right? If you're OXO and you've got all sorts of things that you've designed into that carrot peeler that makes it superior, you might still get to a minute. But I can allow that there may be categories where you feel like, man, I, I just don't have 45 seconds worth of things to say. And that's fine. So maybe you're down into the you know, 20 to 30 seconds. But if you are, you know, selling a laptop, I've got no problem with a two minute, two and a half minute video to do an unboxing, to do the feature benefits, all those types of things. Um, and again, the mistake that we see is we see a lot of clients just saying like, well, I just don't want to do more than 10 seconds. I mean, people's attention spans are so short. Honestly, by the time you, you know, again, I'm, I'm, that is not understanding the behavior that's occurring. Yes, when I'm on TikTok or Instagram and I'm doing this or this or this, you know, flip through content, the average view time may be five, 10, five or 10 seconds. And yes, you only have one second to capture my attention. Applying that to an Amazon product page is completely to misunderstand the context. The context is I'm scrolling through the images. I have to click play on the video on most pages now, it doesn't even play in line. It pops the modal open and then and then the video starts to play. It takes three seconds just for the experience to start. So if you've given me a 10 second video, you've wasted my time, to be honest. You probably haven't communicated a whole lot. And that's annoying as much as anything. And so I've chosen to watch your video. I'm inviting you to sell to me. Use that time at least 30 seconds. Again, that's the average we found. The average view length was 45 seconds. And so that means that average is being pulled down by all the videos that were only 45 seconds long. What we found is, you know, down in the related videos, we've posted videos 15 minutes in some cases, and we get people to watch for four, five, six minutes. So, so again, just don't sell yourself short. Be true to your product. Um, and again, use the people around you to tell you if, oh my God, this thing is just so boring. You're so self-involved. You've gone way too long. We just find the instinct is to, is to be way shorter than it needs to be. So I'd say shoot for a minimum of 30 seconds. And if you've got things to say of value that go a minute and a half, you're doing, you know, don't worry about that. That's great. Great. So, um, the next thing that I want to address is the production quality. So would you recommend somebody just pick up the user-generated content and then 
post that as video versus another way to deal with it. Yeah. So this is this is what we're seeing. We're seeing a lot of uh, you know, particularly in the smaller uh, sellers, three P sellers, trying to be very cost efficient with their video, and so doing a lot of things. You know, in a lot of cases, just uh, finding through various sites, you know, people that will, in exchange for a sample of a product, um, you know, create a video. You know, maybe even for free, or maybe for twenty five bucks, or you know, 50 bucks at the most, uh, create a video and then using that, uh, you know, in the hero area as your, as your main video. I, that's the part that I call the sort of the check the box strategy. Um, and I'm not saying it's not, uh, effective. It may be, it's obviously very cost effective. So any benefit that you're getting out of it, uh, you know, is great. It's pure upside and gravy. I do worry that it is, leaving the bigger opportunity on the table on on the floor and not and not going after it uh, because you know when you are and when you are doing that you're not really going to be able to get into any sort of engaged dialogue around that consumer what you're going to you know what they give is what you're going to get um, you're not really going to get somebody who's investing a lot in their equipment or you know is taking a ton of pride in the production quality so it's going to be pretty raw. And again, there are places for that, you know, down in the related videos, right? There are a lot of UGC or, you know, or sort of semi-influencers creating content in that related videos area. Obviously, people are even creating videos and attaching to them to their reviews. All of that, you know, that sort of very raw UGC, that's in context. Again, in the hero area, the consumer is expecting to hear from you. So a single kind of one-off video clearly created by, you know, one person and sort of, you know, that, that, that it's with, with pretty low production quality. I'm not sure that's the best representation. I'm not sure that's going to give you um, truly that full conversion rate lift opportunity. And the other thing that it's almost definitely not going to do is to allow you to repurpose that video thoughtfully and break it into components, which is probably the, you know, one of the next topics that we should get into in terms of, you know, where all the other uses that you can uh, apply that content to. So ideally, that hero video is something you're going to be able to break down and use in all these other contexts. And so, if, again, if you're just getting a very raw off the shelf UGC, you know, shot on a, you know, shot on their phone in one take. Probably not going to be able to use uh, that video and all those other use cases. Yeah, you are being too polite, frankly. Uh, so I'm going to make it official. Do not use user-generated content in your hero image area as your product video. And I'm going to even go a step further and say, make sure you have a professionally produced promotional video as your first video for people to watch because that's where you're going to make an emotional connection. The other thing that this, this, this is important is this is the first time that the user or the shopper potential buyer of your product is being introduced to your product. And if your production quality is poor, 
and the story is not being told the right way. What kind of an impression do you think you're making on that shopper? So they're not going to really care much for it, and they'll just watch a little bit and then move on. Yeah. My question to my clients is this. Imagine that you've been given a 30-second spot in Super Bowl to run a commercial. Do you take your iPhone and shoot one yourself, or do you get somebody's video that they sent to you and, and use that as a commercial? No, this is your time. You have to shine. So make sure that you have it produced, uh, produced professionally with a script. And I'm going to say this. Tell me what you think, Bill, because there is also Amazon terms of service situations here. At the end of the video, I'd like to add a call to action. So what are your thoughts about that? What, um, what kind of examples can you share with us that are TOS compliant and at the same time, it is there rather than just end the video without a CTA. Well, I think the, well, one, I, I love what you said. Um, I totally agree with you. You know, uh, again, for, for me to say some of that could come off potentially as self-interested, but absolutely that's where the data leads us as well. And so, um, I, by the way, I'm stealing the quote about you've been given a spot in the Super Bowl, are you going to shoot it on your iPhone? Because that, that's what it is. You got people at the bottom of the purchase funnel. They're like primed to hit the buy button. And this is your, you know, this is the part where you push them into the end zone to continue the football analogy. And, you know, and, and, and you fumble the ball. Uh, and so I totally love that. I think adding a CTA, you know, at the end, I think it's a great idea, basically asking for the order in a very consumer friendly way, you know, maybe again, they're on the product page, they're ready to buy. So you don't need to send them anywhere else. And of course, you can't send them anywhere else. That is one thing that will get your Amazon um, video rejected is if there is a link or a suggestion to even visit any other site, but you don't want them to do that. You want them to click the buy button in that moment. And so something along the lines of, you know, we're excited to welcome you into our, you know, into our brand family, something like that, um, or a promise to deliver great customer service at the end of the video is a great idea. I mean, one thing I can tell you that's been very effective and that we've done, you know, from time to time over the years with our clients, part of the messaging could be, uh, you know, talking to them about that shopping experience. So we've done videos where 30 to 40% of the video is about, why don't you consider subscribing safe for this product? Or, you know, here's what your shipping experience is going to be with this product because of the nature of the product. So all those kinds of things can be wrapped into the messaging. And, and so I absolutely love uh, that sort of call to action idea. And, you know, what is it that you're looking to them to do beyond, you know, beyond hit the buy button and the relationship that you plan to have with them moving forward, I think is a spectacular idea. I have something important for all my listeners. Sellers lose money on lost or damaged inventory with Amazon, which can add up to a lot over a year. Did you know that there is a way to claim all your losses? Getida is the global leader in Amazon FBA auditing and reimbursements for Amazon FBA sellers worldwide. They deliver results with no upfront costs. They get paid only when you get paid. Visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up.
And thanks to our friends at Getida, your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. That's www.getida.com forward slash legends. And that's www.getida.com forward slash legends. And I share with you one of my favorite CTAs. Please. So what I do is, and by the way, anybody listening, feel free to use it. I love it when I see my, my uh, suggestions being used. So we basically bring the video to a close with a nice music in the background. And uh, the product picture appears with the company name and then presents itself as the solution. And, and then underneath, it says, got yours yet? Question mark. I love it. So, love it. so it's, a, it's, it's like a rising uh, sun. The product appears. Of course, you've told a great story with an inspiring music. And you showed different cases of people using it in different environments. And the music is running, really getting them all uh, you know, hyped up. And then finally, it comes to a close and the product appears and says, buy so-and-so, whatever your brand. And underneath, got yours yet? Question mark. Yeah, I love it. I mean, you're clearly tapping directly into that emotional conduit, which is the entire point of the video, is to create that desire to stop shopping and buy it now. And, um, and so that is the perfect hook. It's not a hard sell. It's no. like, I know you want it. You can, yeah. it's, it's okay. Go ahead, hit the button. I, yeah. It's perfect. Look, for the listener's benefit, I want to say something. With so many different versions of the video to Amazon, as you know, they have to be approved. And it's usually AI-based, so I don't think that anybody's looking at it. But they do not like offers. They do not like offers. Like if you cannot say available so in such and such place, uh, they do not like like limited time only kind of stuff. They do not like promotional, time-sensitive messages in the video. So uh, if you ever put anything like that, they will reject it. So the video won't be approved. And don't try to appeal. Just create another version of it and resubmit. And uh, But I can tell you with confidence, got yours yet? CTA right at the end. It flies through the approval process as well. So something that is important. I mean, some of the Amazon rules uh, that can get content rejected, you know, there, there's a number of them. I don't think we want to bore the listeners by trying to run through them on this call. Um, some are, you know, some are a little bit crazy in my mind and arcane. Um, the one you mentioned about limited time offers that that's one that I agree with Amazon because why are you doing that? You're creating potentially confusion. You know, there's other ways to communicate offers. And again, the point here is that one of the most powerful things about a video is it makes people less price sensitive. So don't dwell uh, on that in your video. You're trying to create desire and emotional connection. And you also want this piece of content, which again, I, I encourage you to invest the appropriate amount of money to get that full benefit of a 20% you know, conversion rate lift. What's that worth to you? 
it's probably worth more than 50 bucks. Um, and the other way you can amortize it is over time, right? Over what time periods? If you can make a video that will last for two years on that product page, that's going to be incredibly impactful. And so again, to have any kind of information in there that would be, you know, that, that would cause you to need to pull it down in a shorter time frame is, is to me selling yourself short. So that's actually one where I agree with Amazon, but yeah, yeah. no, I love all your examples, Nick. They're, they're spot on. We're absolutely singing from the same uh, choir book. Great. So you, you mentioned repurposing. So let's now touch up on the other uh, points. So uh, what is the best way to repurpose some of these videos that you get uh, professionally produced? So you mentioned the A plus and below the fold. So walk us through the rest of it and share with us again, the best practices, the length and the, and the context of it. So what, what should it be about? Yeah. So when I think about A plus content, and again, there may be different philosophies on how you approach that area and what you're trying to accomplish there. But to me, this is where, you know, because of the breadth of the real estate, the way it's laid out, you're sort of exploding all these selling points and, you know, creating pops around each one of the things that you think differentiates your product and, you know, demonstrating that through imagery and video and enhanced text. Um, and more graphic elements. And so one of the things we love to see uh, happen is if we've created this very thoughtful, as you say, scripted video, that's kind of going through the different features, again, maybe purchase hurdles and addressing those one by one, why don't we break the video down into shorter clips, 10, 15, 20 seconds, that then address each one of those that I want to bring out in my A plus content and create a shorter video that's just focusing in, in on that point. So even if the consumer has watched the entire full-length video up above, now as I go down and I'm thinking more about each one of those selling points, I'm going to re-watch the pieces that are most important to me. And so I'm getting this repetition and consistency of voice. Um, and again, this can even work if you, even if you are, have created a video in such a way where, you know, maybe your initial video, you know, you, you captured four minutes of video that you think are great. Only two minutes of that maybe is in the hero video, but you've got these other snippets potentially that you are using, you know, in that, uh, in that A plus area. So again, in the A plus area, this is where I change a little bit and say, why don't I be a little bit punchier, make one point at a time that's associated with what I'm trying to accomplish in that A-plus area with a shorter video clip. And so that's one way that I think you can break it down. Then obviously, if we think about some of the other opportunities, so in search, right? Video ads are popping up in search. Everything that we're hearing from, uh, you know, from, from the, the Amazon teams are that those uh, video search ads are having a huge impact and a game changer, right? So the SERP has gotten so crazy uh, and so competitive that you've got to find ways to break through the clutter and video search ads are uh, one way to do it. Um, those videos, you know, are going to be something where you're going to want to sound off. Uh, or that they're going to work with sound off. Um, they're going to be the highest production quality elements. They are going to be the things that sort of catch the eye 
Um, although that if you control, you know, the video results on a page, you're going to catch the eye just naturally, but you definitely want to have lots of movement there, probably something beyond just a talking head. And so again, capture some of those elements, use them on your search results page. Um, and then, you know, you can even think about things like Amazon inspire now. And so, you know, one of the things you want to do, particularly if you're working with a professional, uh, production company, as you said, or even an influencer, right? You want to get some horizontal content. You also want to get some vertical content. So now I can repurpose or I can take that vertical content, which may be very repetitive. I think it's okay to be very repetitive content wise, but I can use that in Amazon Inspire. Um, and I think, again, Amazon Inspire is where people are scrolling. So we could even think of that as an almost even more extreme version of what you're going to do with a search ad where I want to capture attention in the first one to two seconds with something that is very visual. Probably in that case, though, hopefully including a face, because that's what stops us on Instagram and TikTok is a face doing something really interesting. So again, you've got these different elements that you want to be able to mix and match into these different environments and serve different, uh, you know, and serve these very different purposes. And I didn't touch on related videos there, but because I, I do think that's a little bit different, but maybe we can come back to that. But I want—I do want to stop and see if you want to dig into any of the things we talked about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So first of all, I want to just for the listeners' benefit, in order to use video in your A plus content, you, that needs to be premium A plus. So that means that your account needs to qualify for having access to premium A plus content. And that is possible if you have a brand story and you have 15 approved regular A-plus content. If you do that, this there is a little bit of a, a common misunderstanding there. You don't need 15 different products. What you need is 15 approved standard A-plus content. So... As long as you do that, you can apply to have access to premium A+, then they'll give it to you. Once you have access to premium A+, now you can incorporate videos into it. So, uh, so that's one thing I wanted to clarify. As far as uh, in using video in search results, that is part of the sponsored brand ads. So sponsored brand ads are different than sponsored products. So uh, I would not recommend dealing with that unless you're dealing with an agency because they will do the right thing in terms of associating it with the right keywords and things like that. So because you're paying for clicks at the end of the day. So you don't want to just learn the, the craft on the job, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Uh, it will be the most expensive lesson that, <laughs> that you will pay for. Uh, so, um, but having said that, uh, I totally agree. It has to be professionally produced ad against the same kind of commercial, Super Bowl commercial approach where this is an ad. You want people to click and go to your product detail page and make the purchase. And uh, everything is important there. The length of it is something... I did not hear. How long do you think that display ad should be in the sponsored brands? I think that in that case, you do want to be in the 15, 12 to 15 second range. Again, I'd still probably, I mean, you can obviously get away with 
five or 10 seconds, I'd still bump it up a little bit because I do think there's people, you know, people, once they see those, they're dwelling. And, you know, again, what we do know about behavior is every second of attention that you get from someone is going to bias them toward your product. And so again, nothing captures attention, literally from the time that we were, you know, cavemen, we're attracted to motion. This is built into our DNA to recognize motion and follow it, whether it's our next meal or whether it's something trying to turn us into their next meal. Motion is incredibly impactful. So using motion to capture people and to focus their attention in on you is critical. And the longer you can do that, the greater chance of success you have. So again, my bias is that you take it out a little bit longer just to see if you can hold that attention um, through, you know, through your video. And by the way, I, I do want to clarify one thing. I totally agree with you. You're using this word professional. And I agree with that word. Um, it's certainly in the sense of high production quality is what you're looking for. Thoughtful, thought out, graphics, deliberate, no time wasted. That used to mean basically creating a Super Bowl ad, right? It was zero or $300,000 was the price of entry. That's no longer true, right? So you can get incredibly cost-efficient content produced by production companies because production companies have brought their break card down. And again, there is a very smooth continuum through influencers. So influencers today can create content that five, 10 years ago, literally, you know, you would have, it would, you would think it would, would take Wyden and Kennedy to create that piece of content. And so again, for us, for us, we use influencers because we do feel that not only are they bringing indistinguishable production quality from a lot of truly professional production companies, but they are bringing not only the authenticity that consumers are looking for, but because they are influencers and because they understand products, right? Think about, think about what is an influencer. An influencer is someone who innately loves a category, loves a product category, understands products almost intuitively and is natural at communicating. They are influencers because they are naturally communicating why a product makes sense for consumers. So a lot of times they understand the product better than we as brand professionals do. And so that's why we've sort of like focused in on that influencer space as, as again, what we would call equivalent to professional production. But, but again, I agree with you. Push the production uh, quality as high as you can. Because again, think of who your competitors are. Your competitors are big national brands who are going to bring it for sure on the production quality side. And so you want to beat them on the authenticity side and on the side of you know, this sort of compelling connection. You want to win the emotional connection you want to win with nick in the line uh you know to go through passport control and be emotionally engaged that's where everyone's opportunity is yeah yeah i mean it, it's this is the, the emotional connection is what you're trying to do yep. it's not the product features and benefits and specs that that's gonna come next if 
you make that connection. Uh, otherwise, it doesn't uh, it doesn't matter. So um, okay. So on the video ad, fifteen seconds. You know, actually, I tested that with a few people, and you know what I found. You pretty much hold anybody up to 10 seconds. After 10 seconds, it starts to become a little bit less effective and you definitely start to lose people around 15. So typically what I recommend my clients always shoot for about 15, 15 seconds. So I say, uh, get a promotional video done. I usually say about 45 minutes, 30 to 45 second promotional video, which never really stays at 30. It usually pushes to about a minute mark, yep. 45 seconds to a minute mark. And that goes in the hero area. And then I we repurpose that, cut it down to about 15 seconds and put it, uh, use it in video ads. And between those two, they become instrumental in driving business to the listing through the ad, and then and then expanding this, the the storytelling, so to speak, with the hero image area video. And then if they want to know more, then they can look at the pictures and then read the information. So the other thing that I want to talk about is you mentioned Amazon Inspire, and then you referred to vertical and horizontal. Can you expand on, on those uh, for those who are not familiar uh, with the concept? Yeah, so um, so the horizontal video, right? Obviously something that's shot in landscape mode, um, the default mode on YouTube. And by the way, if you think about the way these social channels are playing out, if, if, if evolved and played out, YouTube is where people go to do long form product research. You know, again, we're active on all the social platforms. We really started on YouTube uh, because we were video first. And so um, that was the default logical platform for us to be on 10 years ago. Um, and, and we were, so we were very early. Everyone else was just, you know, focused on Instagram. It's much easier to be on Instagram. And, but if you think about it again, YouTube is a, landscape type experience, a classic almost TV experience. So very much oriented toward long form viewing. And that's where people are doing long form product research with dwell times, you know, video watch lengths that frankly, if anything are expanding, right? So, so YouTube is, is, you know, actually catching up to TV in many ways. And so all this stuff puts, so you want, and so the orientation of that hero video is landscape. And again, that's where people are conditioned to watch for the, when they're watching in landscape mode, they're conditioned to dwell longer. So all this is sort of, you know, footing together and fitting together like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle. That's where, you know, we, you and me, Nick are sort of recommending, hey, think about 45 seconds to, you know, up to two minutes for that area. Vertical, the way that, you know, TikTok works, Instagram works, those are, have traditionally been um, phone-based experiences, mobile experiences, the shorter times, the scanning through with our thumbs and skipping around to find the content we want. So even as they have moved, you know, think about Instagram moving from entirely image-based to now much more of a video orientation or TikTok, you know, the, the eating the world um, short form video experience, 
Those are vertical experiences. We're conditioned for them to be shorter. And so we want to have that shorter video content to resonate. And we can expect the same sort of consumer behaviors, even though they're now in the Amazon environment. So I like to think of the Amazon as a hybrid social environment. And I think Amazon wants to be a hybrid social environment. So it will always be commerce first, but I want, I think they want you to feel like you're having this fun social experience and, you know, just clicking the buy button, you know, every minute or two. So, so again, I think, and you want, you want to be native, you know, I'm seeing more and more horizontal, I'm sorry, vertical videos in the hero area. I think it's a mistake. And, you know, obviously anything that was initially shot in landscape, very difficult to repurpose into the vertical. So you do have to think about, and this is again, why to use an influencer or a professional production company versus raw UGC, you need somebody to think about, okay, I need to reshoot that same point that I was making, you know, into the vertical, uh, the way that I did it in the, in the landscape. And I need to provide all those assets back to the client. It's still going to be way more cost efficient than having two different people do it. And you're going to lose consistency of editorial voice. So you just have to think about sort of that's one of your production needs as you go into this. Yeah. I mean, I, what, what I'm taking away from this conversation is you've got to have a strategy for landscape and vertical yep. videos. You can't just have one and then think, uh, as, as you mentioned at the beginning, uh, I like that phrase, check the box approach. Check the box approach no longer works. No longer works. Uh, there, is, there is another uh, fact here. More than half of the shopping is being done on mobile. So therefore, people are used to that mobile. Something else you mentioned it's, that I caught is so significant. When somebody starts watching a video in a horizontal landscape format, they are preconditioned to watch longer. But if they are watching in a vertical format, they are equally preconditioned to scroll up yep. to the next one yep. very quickly. So therefore, your messaging has to be a good fit for the format that you want to produce. And if, if it's a matter of uh, some of the features, do one video per feature in a vertical format so people can scroll through. Yep. And uh, if you are telling a story, don't tell the story in a vertical format. People are not going to watch it too long, right? So it's it's so you know it's 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 amazing how everything becomes fragmented, and then you really have to focus on these individual pieces. Yes, I I totally agree. I mean, many things in the world are getting easier. Some things are getting harder and this is one of them but the benefits i think are you know are uh inarguably there yeah the other thing, by the way we should mention and and again just another sort of argument for influencers in a you know sort of a one-stop shopping experience when you are working with influencers you can uh expand that engagement with them to include posting on their social platforms and so when they're posting on their social platforms, um, and again, it can be a similar, but probably, you know, somewhat e either different edited or potentially completely different piece of content on their social channels, you're effectively bundling in now a media buy and a down funnel traffic driver. 
so you are you are again expanding the value you're going to get and i'm telling you for a fact there are cost efficiencies uh in doing it that way because you know again for an influencer whenever they're doing sponsored content on their social channels you know they're not they're not breaking out well here's the cost of me to produce this piece of content versus you know here's the cost for me to put it on my channel for sure if you don't ask them to publish on their channel you can get a discount and when you ask them for the rights to repurpose you know onto the pdp they're going to ask you know for a premium so again it's not that they you know it's not perfectly efficient but there are cost efficiencies and there are massive efficiencies in your time you know, in your, the use of your time. So if in one sort of activation, you, the brand manager, are getting your social media done, you're getting content for your PDP, um, and, you know, all that's being bundled together. And again, you're getting editorial consistency in the voice that the consumer is going to experience in all these different touch points. That is massively efficient, you know, relative to, again, the fragmentation, because everybody's got to work with influencers, everybody's to do social media. So why aren't you tying those two things together with the content that's going to appear on your PDP? Yeah, exactly. I mean, there is a reason why Priceline had a huge contract with William Shatner to speak for Priceline. They didn't have different people. And there is a reason why Geico uh, stuck with that little lizard for God knows how many years. These are important things that they, they, they represent you and wherever the message is coming from, has to resonate with the audience and things like that. So as an Amazon seller, you are no different. You, you, if you think about this, Priceline, Fortune 500 company, is doing the exact same thing that you have to do today. So you can't be saying, okay, different rules apply to me because I'm an Amazon seller and I'm small. No, the consumers observe things and perceive things in the same way. You have to appeal to it. And, and you, you know, if you want to be successful, we have to follow the rules. So, uh, Bill, we can go on. I, I happen to love video. You know, I love producing videos. Uh, you know, I love storytelling in general. So videos do the job. So uh, you and I can go on for hours. Uh, but obviously, we don't have time uh, to do that. So uh, what I want to do now is move on to my favorite part of the show, uh, very little uh, time spent on you. And, and what I'm interested in is your life experiences, because clearly you've been doing what you're doing uh, long enough. But uh, tell us about Bill Hildebold. Uh, take us back to the beginning. Tell us where did you grow up and share with us some of your early experiences in life. Yeah, uh, well, obviously love the question and, and, and hopefully I won't ramble too much. Uh, but it's interesting, uh, both my parents grew up basically on farms or in farmland in Western Ohio. Um, and so I ended up being born while my parents uh, were in Columbus. Uh, my dad was finishing up his PhD at Ohio State. Um, but to this day, you know, we continue to own farms in in Western Ohio, and so sort of the 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 DNA that I bring to the world is this, you know, is the sort of uh, literally uh, back to the soil, like providing and and you know and building something um, literally from the ground up. 
And, but educationally, uh, so I grew up in New Jersey, North Carolina, always on the East Coast. Um, my aptitude ended up being more mathematical. And so my first job out of college was uh, working in a commercial bank. It uh, was called Wachovia. It's now part of Wells Fargo. And then I moved on and I did investment banking in Morgan Stanley. Um, and then I continued down the finance path um, and worked in venture capital for a few years. And so those stages, I was moving closer and closer to operations, right? As a commercial banker, making loans to businesses, then doing more raising equity and mergers and acquisitions, and then ultimately as a VC, as an investor. And so there's this sort of path back out of finance toward being an operator, an entrepreneur, and ultimately made the, the, the jump into startup land. And so it's interesting because um, I, so I think of myself as an accidental entrepreneur, right? Like I, I had to go through the finance path to kind of get there. But as you say, I've been doing it for 20 years. I'm not myself particularly creative. Like there is a reason I'm not an influencer. Uh, this is about as close as I get to making videos or anybody wants me to get to making videos. Uh, but I still love the math and how it all fits together. And so I was, I was an economics major in undergrad and this, this, this meeting of how math translates into the business is where I get really jazzed up. So when you're talking about conversion rate lifts and the benefit of down funnel traffic versus, you know, uh, the on-site passive lift, this is the, this is the part actually where I really geek out. Uh, and it's been a lot of fun. And now I'm moving into the later stages of my career. And so doing a lot of mentorship, you know, with our team and trying to do thought leadership like this to give back to the community. Uh, and I'm, I'm having a blast. I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my uh, career. So uh, it's been a it's been a great ride. So where, where do you think this interest in the numbers translating into some kind of a business benefit. Uh, where do you think that comes from? I think it's just simply like understanding. It's my version of understanding how the world is put together, right? And so that math inclination of I want everything to be quantifiable and I want everything to be concrete, yet at the same time, right, like, like growing crops, or, uh, you know, building products, right? There's something that's very non-mathematical about that, right? There's something that you have to understand, um, the art of creation. And again, I'm not the guy necessarily to be the expert in that art of creation. And so I'm the guy who wants to be able to quantify it and understand the value and understand how to translate it down into some sort of, you know, into some sort of model and for it to make sense. And so, for example, like one of the things, because I try as best I can to keep up, you know, in the evolution of like economic theory and what's happened in economics since I graduated um, is basically we've gone really deep into the what, what's called behavioral economics, right? And so if anybody's like read the book Freakonomics, we used to have this theory when I was an undergrad, like the rational man. And we would say like, here's what people, here's the way people should behave. So we're going to make all the economic models around the way people should behave. And then people don't behave that way. 
for <laughs> the last 30 years has been grappling with the way people actually behave and trying to quantify that. And that's what I love. That's what I love, the messy reality and trying to figure out and rationalize it. And, you know, so account for the messiness, but move us toward models of rationality. And that's an endlessly fascinating place to be. And by the way, it even then translates into my real life, into running. You mentioned at the beginning that I was a runner. Not only like have I worn, you know, a GPS watch and I measure every run, um, you know, down to it. And I take all the statistics that Garmin or Nike or whoever's app, you know, I'm using will give me. But I have a spreadsheet that then further breaks down my performance and analyzes it based on my average heart rate and the length that I went uh, and the pace that I went. And so I score, I've got all these metrics I've made up to analyze and rationalize the quality of this run versus that run. And, uh, and so now I'm doing a lot of the same thing. And now, and now I've got this thing, a whoop, right? If your fans haven't seen this, you got to check out the whoop. It measures every breath, every heartbeat uh, throughout the day. And it quantifies all these different like biological things. It goes way beyond like the initial petty trackers and things like that. I just totally geek out on that because it's so messy and it doesn't make sense why today I'm performing, you know, worse than yesterday, but you know, that's it. That's, that's it. It's trying to quantify and translate back and forth between the numbers and the experience they have. And it's just, I, I just love it. So what are you looking for by using these numbers and measuring everything? What is the search for? Well, the search, right, for all of this is ultimately happiness. And so, you know, the, the, the question, though, is how do, you, how do you get to happiness? And what are the behaviors that are leading to happiness, right? And so, you know, on the one hand, drinking a beer, in the moment, right, feels great. And there is happiness and there is relaxation. And there we can talk about like the psychological benefits of it. On the other hand, right, it inarguably degrades performance. It can lead to, you know, less good sleep. So in the long run, is it truly leading to happiness or not? I don't think there's a clear answer. And so, but it is using all these numbers to quantify things like nutrition, exercise um and you know and again figuring out like what does it mean what's it doing to me and is it leading me toward my goal of happiness i think a lot of people right would be horrified by this thing and even i'm learning to use it where if you're tracking all these numbers and you know and and uh you know your heart rate your breathing rate like wouldn't that just drive you crazy and sure so then you even have to like balance out like well how do i use this tool to get me to where I want to go and not just become obsessed over it. And so even that I appreciate is this sort of, is this sort of balance, but to me, it's part of discovery, right? And so I try to look at the world through the eyes of the seven-year-old Bill, the guy that to everything was new and wondrous and, you know, finding ways as I'm now in my fifties to continue to bring that wonder to the world through these new insights that I have into myself and the world around me. And again, then doing the same thing back for my clients in this one specific narrow area and quantifying the things that, you know, that, that, that they're experiencing in their campaign. So again, it's this place where the numbers and the, and the messy world intersect that I just find 
beautiful. So I have two things to tell you. Uh, it's right up the alley. If you're searching for happiness, for anybody listening, you know, I get philosophical in this part of the show usually because it's it never used to like philosophy, but now I love it. Yeah. There is a book called Happiness Advantage. It's by a gentleman called Sean Aker, S-H-A-W-N, Aker, A-C-H-O-R, Sean Aker. So I would highly recommend reading this book. So Bill, the book is exactly what you're talking about. So if you are doing things to be happy, to achieve happiness, then the direction has to be reversed. In other words, those things that you're doing to be happy, you will be doing those things while being happy. That's what the book suggests. And, and basically the way Sean Aker puts it is, we index our happiness to doing certain things, achieving certain goals. So we think that when I get this, when I do this, when I do that, when I get there, I will be happy. However, the human psychology is our goals, our desires change all the time. Mm. So by the time we achieve those things that we set out to achieve, or we do those things that we set out to do, now we want something else. So therefore, we're never happy. So he says that this was, this has to be like the, the thoughts in the early days where people thought the earth was flat and, and that, that everything revolved around the earth. Until in 1300s, Copernicus came along and invented the telescope and said, hey, everybody, Look, yep. we are not in the center of the universe. In fact, we revolve around the sun. So that's how the happiness should be handled. We've got to be maintaining a happy state of mind at all times while doing the things that we do, which will then bring everything that we want to do around to us instead of us chasing after it. So that's the book. And, and therefore, he wrote this book for us to have some actionable tips in order to physiologically maintain mm -hmm. that state of happiness. Because it's a function of the, the neurochemicals that the brain releases, that we condition our brain to behave a certain way that gives us the happiness, which over time goes away because we condition to do certain things every day we're doing. So we don't want to be doing those things. We want to be behaving certain way. And so he shares those tips about how you recondition your brain to put you in a, a happy state of mind. So that's what the book is about. And I love the book and I highly recommend it. So going back to what you said uh, about why you're doing this and you said happiness, and I'm going to end the show with this. There is a, a movie I'm sure you've heard of and I'm sure you've seen, A Beautiful Mind. It's a true story of this uh, Nobel Prize winner, uh, scientist who was a schizophrenic guy. Right at the end of the movie, he is receiving the Nobel Prize and he gets up to give a speech. 
And he says, all my life, I look for solutions. But what I didn't realize was the very thing I was searching for was always right next to me, mm. pointing to his wife. And I love that speech. So, you know, maybe the search is over. Maybe you just look around. It's already there. and no need to search so much. <laughs> I love it. That is a great way to end. I will be reading Happiness Advantage this weekend. I love it. Yeah, it's a great book. So, uh, Bill, uh, love the conversation. Tell us, how can people reach you? you share your contact information with us. Yeah, it's very easy. I am Bill at Jen.video, no.com at the end. Uh, and Jen is with a G for generate or generation or uh, a few other uh, potential uh, meanings to that. But Bill at Jen.video, love to hear from everybody. Uh, hope, um, you know, hope, hope, hope we get a chance to interact. And uh, as I said, I'm dedicated to paying it forward. So it's not about like driving business for me. It's about helping people succeed on Amazon and find their happiness. Great. Thank you very much. And it's a great conversation. And everybody reach out to Bill. He's a great guy, as you've heard. And uh, he loves to share. Before we wrap up, don't forget to visit www.getida.com forward slash legends to learn more and sign up to claim money for your lost or damaged inventory with Amazon. Your first $400 in reimbursements will be free. www.getida.com forward slash legends. And that's www.getida.com forward slash legends. So with that, uh, it brings us to the end of another show, and I'll see you on the next one. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the episode, and share it with someone you think would benefit from it too.